Amen. Um, it's amazing how great our God is and the fact that he loves us so much that we have the ability to be able to come into his presence every single day, no matter where we're at, no matter what we've done in the past, the people that we've hurt, the ability to be able to come into his presence and be able to worship him and the fact that he created us to have breath in our lungs so that we could praise him is such an amazing thing that we have and so i praise god for that and uh, let's go to the lord in prayer before we get into the message today father you are good you are a good good god and we thank you so much for who you are and so many times we say you know that you are holy 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 because you are so separated from just everything because you are so set apart and so i thank you god for who you are i thank you for the love that you have for us that we have the ability to praise your name to 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 be able to thank you for what you've done for us for the fact that your son jesus christ came and died on a cross for us lord so that one day if we surrender our lives to him that we can be with you for all of eternity we praise your name god we give you all the thanks. Let's continue serving you and continue glorifying your name with everything that we say and everything that we do. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome, everybody. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church, and I have the privilege to be able to sit on the lead team as well. And I have the honor and the privilege today to bring you guys the message again today as we continue going through the book of Luke. We've been in the book of Luke for several months. It, it, it's probably going on about a year now. And we, guys, we're in chapter nine, okay? Luke is the largest um it's the largest gospel. Uh, Luke is, uh, it, it's fairly long and, you know, it kind of continues after that into the book of Acts and written by the same person by Luke. And uh, he, he's, he, he likes to write a lot. There's a lot of details and things like that. We're only in chapter nine. We've been in this for about a year now. But, um, but it's been really, really good. I hope that you guys have been getting something out of it. I know that I, for myself, just studying it and uh, week in and week out and really diving into different things that, uh, you know, the several pastors have been talking about has been really, really beneficial for me. It's been ed edifying for my life, and I hope it has been for you too. So I, I want to remind you about last week a little bit before we dive into the story for today. So last week, what we talked about, we talked a lot about discovering your purpose, really. What does that look like in your life? How, how do I even discover my purpose? And not only that, but like after I do discover my purpose, what then? That God sends us out into the world and that we're equipped to do so. So we talked about the fact that we are chosen, that we are sent and that we are equipped. Those are the things that we talked about last week so that we know that we have this purpose and we need to go and be set out so we can do things for the purpose of God. And so we got that under, under wraps now. And so we're going to kind of piggyback off of that today as we go into the sermon, uh, as we go into today's sermon. We're going to go a little bit more in-depth with Jesus and in-depth with those things, but we're going to be talking about one of the more famous miracles that Jesus did today. And so first, I'm going to tell you guys the title of this sermon. It's called The Duplicating Glitch, okay? I know that people people 
duplicate, duplicate, whatever it is. It's all spelt the same. It's fine. We we use a different term for gamers. We'll I'll talk about that in a second. But we're gonna be talking about one of the more famous miracles that Jesus does. And whether you grew up in church or maybe if you didn't, you probably heard about this uh duplicating glitch that Jesus uses, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But before we get into that, yes, the term, the term. Okay, so people, I, I mean, this is this is first service right now, but people are putting duping in the chat, and yes, that I, I can't stand that word. I'm not gonna lie. Before service today, I was talking to Pastor AJ and Pastor Amanda. I don't like the word duping. It just sounds weird. <laughs> okay, I don't know why it just sounds weird. But duping is a gamer term, right? And essentially what duping is, it's a glitch where you can duplicate any materials that you have in your inventory, maybe your your um, money. Uh, you can duplicate items or other things just to fill up your inventory, essentially, right? You can duplicate rare items. You can duplicate powerful items, valuable things that you normally wouldn't be able to get. You can duplicate swords and shields and things like that. And there's multiple games that, unfortunately, this glitch happens to be a thing. It's not all games, but there are a lot of games. One game that uh, that came out that had the duplicating glitch. Oh, man. And it broke every system in the game was New World. Do you guys remember New World? It's like old world now. You know what I mean? People, not a lot of people play it. There, there's still those players out there. They're very... People that still play New World, they are they are very loyal to to that to that game. I will say that. But the thing is, is at, when the game first came out, after a little while, there was a duplicating glitch, a duping glitch that people found out about. I even knew somebody who used it so much that they eventually had their account banned, and uh, they had to make a brand new character and level it all the way back up again because they were using it specifically to break the economy. They were able to create items that they weren't supposed to be able to create as quickly. They were supposed to go and farm the items. They didn't farm them. No, why would I farm them when I could just go and duplicate everything? They sold valuable things on the market for money. Like I said, they just broke the economy of the game. They did all of these things, and they had their account banned. Other famous games that have the duplicating glitch, Tears of the Kingdom. Yes, Tears of the Kingdom had a very, very, very simple duplicating glitch when it first came out. It did get patched, but there are still people today that refuse to patch the game because there is the duplicating glitch where literally you have to like jump in the air and do a shield surf or something, put some items in the ground, and literally it just duplicates all of them. And so speedrunners are still using it today to be able to get through the game, but that's on version 1.0. And now they patched it, and so somebody went out and found another glitch. It's just a little bit more tedious, and it takes a long time. Not a lot of people use that one, but it's another duping glitch that gamers are just continuing to find. And then finally, if you're a Pokemon fan, it's not called uh, duping. It's called cloning. You can actually, I don't know about this. I haven't, listen, I haven't played Pokemon since Red and Blue, okay? I, I, I know I was like in fifth grade when, when I first started playing Pokemon or fourth grade or something like that. It was a long time ago. And But if you play Pokemon, you know that there's the cloning glitch as well in some of the games where you can just get more Pokemon or be able to clone some of the ones that you already have. They're essentially just duplicating everything that they need for whatever reason, to be able to move the game along quicker for themselves, make themselves more powerful, or whatever it might be. And today, we're going to see one of the first times, one of the first times that a duplicating glitch actually happens. But it's not going to be in a video game. It's going to be in real life and with something that Jesus does. Before we go into that, though, I want to uh, 
the the one thing, the first thing that I want to touch upon is that no matter what you're doing in life, no matter where you're at, no matter what type of walk of life you come from, when we're called by God, we are to serve others to some capacity. We are called to serve others to some capacity. And so what I need you guys to do right now is I want you to put in the chat that Jesus served the needy and you should too. Put it in the chat. Jesus served the needy and you should too, okay? Because we should be serving all different types of people from all different types of uh, life. So put that in the chat. If somebody puts it in there, you can copy and paste it obviously as well. But remember last week we talked about the disciples being sent out. Jesus gives them power and he gives them authority and he sends them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal people. And that story that we're going to talk about today, it continues here. And so we're going to jump into Luke chapter 9, verses 10 through 11. And it says this, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus all that they had done. He took them along and withdrew privately. Remember this word, privately to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out, they followed him. Man, it can be annoying sometimes. (laughs) He welcomed them, spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and healed those who who needed healing. First, I want to mention what what I mentioned last week very shortly. All of the disciples returned. Remember, they were sent out with nothing. They didn't have a traveling bag. They didn't have any money with them. They didn't have a walking staff. They didn't have anything to protect them. They went out with literally the clothes on their back, and that was it. Not even extra clothes. They went out with an urgent message to preach, to be able to give other people, tell them about the kingdom of God, and to heal people. That's what they went out to do. And they all came back. They all came came back and told Jesus what they had done. They reported to him what they had done. So Jesus tries to withdraw privately with his crew to a town. But the crowds, they come, they follow him. And Jesus is getting quite famous at this point, obviously. And so he tries to get alone with, with the disciples probably to talk to them. Let's debrief a little bit. Let's talk about the things that happened. Let's let's go through these things. You're probably really tired. Let's give you some rest. But the people, they just keep coming and coming and coming. The people are now following Jesus and following the 12 disciples. And they're, they're just always around. And even though, like I said, they were probably tired and worn out at this point, we're told that Jesus, he doesn't send them away. He welcomes them. He welcomes those that are continuing to follow him. And then he doesn't just welcome them in, but he teaches them as well. And he heals those that needed healing. Have you ever been in a position like this? You're trying to get together with some friends. Maybe you're trying to go to a restaurant or something. Maybe you're just trying to get alone for a little bit, just to have some downtime, to take a nap, whatever it might be. But you can't do whatever it is because there is a situation or someone or something that needs your attention in that moment. And to be completely honest, this happens to me regularly. It happens to me very regularly. Don't mishear me here, though. I'm not saying that rest is not important. Rest is so, so, so beneficial, and it is so important. We all need it. You need it in your life. And honestly, there are boundaries that we need to give ourselves to make sure that we get that rest. As the community care pastor, I promise you, you do not want a community care meeting with me if I'm running at 10 or 20%. My patience is going to be running thin. 
You know, if somebody tells me that, you know, their boyfriend broke up with them, I'm going to tell them to deal with it if I didn't get that rest. Okay. I, <laughs> probably not that bad. But the thing is, is when people come to me and I didn't get my rest, I might not have that patience that I'm supposed to have. I, I might not have that listening ear. I might just want to give them advice. And honestly, the advice that I'm giving, who knows if the wisdom is coming from me or if it's coming from God because I didn't get the rest that I needed. And so you want to meet with Pastor Boz when he's at 100% capacity. You want to meet with Pastor AJ, or you want to meet with somebody on one of our teams when they're at 100% capacity, because you might get some, you, if you're only meeting with somebody that is never resting and they're just working at 20%, it's just not going to be as efficient as if you're talking with somebody or if you're, if somebody's creating something, right? Media team, they do a lot of creating things. If they're running at too much, or if they're if they're not getting an, enough rest, what they're going to be creating is going to be a little bit less than ideal of what they normally would create if they got the rest. So I'm not saying that rest is not important. It is very important. So make sure to get your rest. But I do want to give an example here of a person that has done this recently at God Squad Church where they saw a need. And they were able to fulfill that need. Now, I'm not going to put a spotlight on that individual. I'm not going to say their name. Um, but recently, someone in our church, they saw a need. This was a few months ago or so. They didn't ask for it. They, um, they, weren't, they, they weren't like given a task by anybody. It wasn't like a, a leader told them, hey, you need to do this or anything like that. It was just that they saw a need. And they realized that something was going on. They were aware of it. They recognized what was going on. They didn't think they were equipped for it either, to be completely honest. The reason why I know this is because I talk, I've talked with this person several times, but they didn't think they were equipped with it either. But here's the thing. They saw a need. They saw people needing just more. They saw people that were, that were spiritually hungry. They saw people who wanted more knowledge, that they wanted to pray more. They saw people that wanted to be just in God's presence more. And so what they did, instead of turning away and walking in a different direction or saying that it was their bedtime or something of that nature, they took it upon themselves. They welcomed these people in and using they used this time to teach, to pray with, and to spend time with these individuals. And it wasn't just once or twice or three times, but no, this has been multiple times almost on a weekly basis where there's testimonies and things of that nature because this person decided these people need something so much more. And if God is calling me and has put me in this position, I need to serve that. And so this person said, these people need me. They need God, obviously not need me, but they need God more. And God has put me in this position. So I'm going to use the gifts that God has given me and I'm going to serve. I'm just going to serve. And I can honestly say that the majority of time, I don't see this from a lot of people. And I'm not saying that inside of this church. I think that this church is absolutely amazing. This is one of the churches where I do see a lot of people serving. But the thing is, is I think that our society has taught us today not to go out of our way of what we're doing to go and serve others. Like if you go to Walmart or something like that and you see somebody drop something on the floor, there's a lot of times that nobody will go over and pick up whatever it is and hand it to the person because it's out of their way. So instead, they're embarrassed, socially awkward, whatever it might be, they turn around and they walk in the other direction. 
We just don't see people serving other people today a lot of the time. It used to be a very normal thing, but it's not very normal today. And then I see, you know, you've probably heard this question before. You've seen the people wearing the bracelets. You've seen people wearing the shirts, and it has the WWJD on it. What would Jesus do, right? But when it comes to serving others, we don't ask that question a lot. We tend to run in the other direction. We turn to turn our face away, say that we don't have the time for it. But what did Jesus actually do? He was trying to withdraw to a private place with his disciples. But instead of withdrawing to a private place and telling them to go away, it says that Jesus received these people and that he served them because he saw a need. And so now we're faced with a challenge. We're faced with a challenge here when we have these things happen. So what I need you guys to do, put in chat now, is I want you to put this is your challenge. Tell somebody in chat, this is your challenge because we are all faced with the challenge here. And as I said before, uh, I, I talked about how God sends us, that he equips us to do whatever it is to accomplish the purpose that he has given us for that time. And I think that this story that we're going to talk about, that it reinforces that point even more. So Luke chapter 9, verses 12 through 15, as we continue. And it says, late in the day, the 12 approached and said to him, send, listen, this is the most logical thing the disciples have ever said in the entire, in all the gospels, the most logical thing. I'm going to point that out. They said, send the crowd away so that they can go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find food and lodging because we are in a deserted place. Verse 13. You give them something to eat, he told them. We have no more than five loaves and two fish, they said, unless we go and buy food for all these people. For about 5,000 men were there. Then he told his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. They did what he said and had them all sit down. Once again, I do not blame the disciples at all here. Okay, first, Jesus gives them power and authority. They go off on this trip with nothing. <laughs> they go off on this trip with nothing. Then they come back. They've been healing people. They've been telling people about the kingdom of God. They, who knows what happened to them while they were on this trip, right? They come back, and all of a sudden, all these people start following them. They're tired. They're exhausted. But Jesus, he welcomes them in with his opening arms, his compassion, right? Which is absolutely amazing. And he teaches and he heals and he does all these things. The disciples, they recognize, okay, we've been here all day. We're in a deserted place. We've been out. We want to get some rest too. We're hungry. These people, they've been here all day. They're probably tired. They're hungry. The most logical thing to do. Send them away so that they can eat, so that they can get some sleep, and we'll have them come back some other time. Like, honestly, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> it's not a bad idea at all. But the thing is, is they had just come back from doing some amazing things due to the power and authority that Jesus had given them. Their minds aren't exactly going towards the place of Jesus providing right now currently. And like I said, 
honestly, it makes sense. And when we talk about 5,000 people in verse 14, most scholars will agree that it was more like 15,000 people of every single, because the thing is, is in that day and age, women and children were not counted if they were in a crowd of people. It was only the men that was counted. And so if each man there was married and they had one child, oh, at, at least one child, sometimes it would be more, obviously. There is more than likely approximately 15,000 people there, but I don't think the number really matters here. No matter, no matter what the number was, this is a miracle in and of itself of what happens. So Jesus has a great response. Send them away, the disciples say. And Jesus says, you feed them. Like 15,000 people. I can, I, I'm trying to like, like in my brain, if I were a disciple, I'm trying to think of their reaction. Yo, Peter. Did you hear this guy? <laughs> He's nuts. 15,000. He thinks we're going to feed all of these people. We don't even have money for the 12 of us. He thinks we're going to we're going to feed 15. He yeah, you know, that's that's like asking Chick-fil-A to be open on a Sunday, man, to be serving people. That just ain't going to like it like literally they're thinking this is an impossible thing to happen here. But let me ask you this question. When you see people that are spiritually hungry, what do you do? When you see somebody that is in need of something, what do you do? I guess this might even be a better uh, uh, question. Do you even recognize when other people are spiritually hungry? Because if it's been a week, a month, or even a year or something, or maybe you've never seen somebody that is spiritually hungering after God, I'm not trying to sit, like I'm not trying to like um, put you down or or uh, you know this is supposed to encourage you right and to teach we need to be aware we need to be aware of where other people are at in their lives and what they need because people are hungry for something they might not know that it's God there is a lot of people out there that they're trying to fill something in their lives but they don't know that it's Jesus and we need to make sure that we are those people that we are going out and that we are serving those people. It is a need that people have. Both Jesus and the disciples were aware of the needs of the people. Jesus saw their need of being hungry, of being tired, and also the fact that they were spiritually hungry. The disciples on the other side, they saw that they were tired and that they were hungry. So the disciples in their own logic said, let's send them away. And Jesus says, no, you feed them. And so Jesus has compassion on them, which leads to a miracle. And disciples had a logical excuse of saying, we only have this. We only have five loaves of bread and two fish. How many times have you made this excuse, though? I think there is a time when, like I said, we need rest, and I think that's okay. But sometimes I think we use that as a crutch at times where people are asking for help or they're crying out for help. And we use the excuse so many times that we just don't, we just don't take care of them. We say, well, I'm, I'm a little bit too tired to take care of them. So somebody else can do it at this time. They, they really don't need me right now. L listen, I've used a lot of these excuses too throughout my life. So don't say, don't think I'm just preaching to you guys. Like this is, this is me too. I think we've all done this at some point. They need to talk to someone else. They need a pastor, not someone like me. Uh, they, they just need to figure it out on their own, or I don't have experience in that area, so I can't really help them. 
But Jesus, he doesn't give any excuses. Even though he knew the disciples were tired, and he himself with everything that he's doing is probably tired as well, when the people are hungry, he gives them the bread of life. Because he knew that they weren't just physically hungry, but they, they were hungry from something else, for something else as well, that they were spiritually hungry. And so Jesus tells the disciples to organize the people and sit them down into groups of 50. And now we get to the final piece. We're going to talk about the, the duping glitch now, okay? But first, before we get into that, I want you to put in the chat, I want you to at somebody. I don't know who it is. I don't who, know who you're going to at, but I want you to at somebody at chat and tell them, Jesus provides. Susie Live, I know you're streaming this right now. I want you to unmute your stream, and I want you to tell your stream, Jesus provides, okay? Because he does, he provides, he gives all the resources that you need. So at somebody right now and, and tell them that Jesus provides. But remember the duplicating glitch I talked about before? Jesus does a miracle here that no one, no one expected. And like I said before, the disciples, they were being completely reasonable. And they probably thought they, they were helping the people as well by sending them away to get some rest in the eat. But Jesus, once again, he has different plans. So now all of the people are sitting down, and Jesus steps up. Luke chapter 9, verses 16 through 17. And it says this, Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them. He kept giving them to disciples to set before the crowd. Everyone ate. And was filled. They picked up 12 baskets of leftover pieces. I'm not going to go into the leftover number of baskets. There is actually a specific reason why this is 12. And when he feeds the 4,000, there's seven. I'm not going to get into all that right now. You can look it up if you're interested or ask me later on. I think it's interesting, but I don't think it serves the point of this sermon right now. But Jesus takes five loaves of bread and two fish, and he feeds about 15,000 people. The duplicating glitch, the duping glitch that he uses in real life. But why is this significant for us? I think a lot of times we look at the Bible, we read these cool stories, and we look at them, we've, we look at all the miracles that Jesus did, we're like, that's really, really cool. But what does this actually have to do with me? How is this, how is this supposed to, what is this teaching me? Okay, so maybe I have faith that God can do anything. That's not all that it is, though. You see, I've seen God do some amazing things in my life from financial miracles that don't make any sense in any way, shape, or form to healings where doctors could not believe their eyes or their ears because they told me and my wife that something was impossible. That could never happen. You should probably just get used to the way that your life is right now. And then when things happen, they don't understand, and they say, there, there had to be something else that was at play. And I'm like, yeah, there was something else at, at play here. It's my God. You underestimate the power of my God and what he can do. But time and time and time and time again, my human nature, it comes out. It sets doubt on me on whether God can provide resources for me to be able to handle a situation 
or to be able to get through a situation. As the community care pastor, I have a lot of uh, conversations with people, and I'll go into one conversation that I had with somebody one time. I didn't know if I was going to bring this up or not, but I, I, I think I will. I think it, it proves a good point. There's a lot of times that I have conversations with people, and I, I've never experienced what they're going through. You know, whether uh, somebody loses a child or somebody loses something, somebody really close to them. But I was talking to somebody one day, and at the time, his fiance had died from COVID. And so I thought that was the conversation that I was walking into. Now, I already didn't know how to handle this because I've never had that happen before. And so he's talking to me about the situation, and he tells me that she died from COVID. And then he goes, and I found out that she was pregnant as well. And in my brain, like I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, how, how do I bring comfort to this individual in any way, shape, or form? I've never been here. I, I can't I can't I can't sympathize or empathize with them in a way that they need right now because I don't have the experience. I don't have the resources to be able to help this person. And so every time this happens where I have these conversations with people and I don't know what to say or what to do, I'm as I'm listening to them. I'm praying in my head and I'm saying, God, I don't know what this person is feeling right now. My heart breaks for them and I feel awful for them, but I don't know how to talk to them. What do I even say to something like this? Every single time. Every, this is, I'm not even exaggerating. A hundred percent of the time that I have prayed this prayer, God gives me something to say. And at the end of those conversations, I don't even know what it is that I said, but the person says, thank you so much. That's exactly what I need to hear. And it's like, that's not because of anything that I did. It's not because of anything that I have. It's not because of wisdom that I have. All the glory of that, it goes specifically specifically to God because I'm, I don't have that experience. I don't know what those people are going through a lot of times, but God understands. He knows what, he, what needs to be said. He knows what these people need to hear in those moments. He gave me the resources. He provided for me what to say in those moments so that those people can handle or be able to get through a little bit more, give them a little bit more encouragement to build them up just a little bit more in the experiences that they're going through. God has called you and he has called me to serve others. And this can be done in so many different ways using our different gifts that we've been given. Whether it's be whether it be you're talking to people, we have so many different teams here at God Squad Church, right? Whether it's you talk to people because you care for other people and you you sit on the community care team. Maybe maybe you sit on the moderators on the mod squad, right? And you and you talk to people there as well, but you know exactly what you need to do over there because you're serving other people, keeping the community safe. You you, you work on the media team. If it wasn't for our media team, we wouldn't have shorts and YouTube clips and thumbnails and all the different and all the different graphics that we have to make things look nice so that people actually they're serving people. Every one of our teams are serving people. We are called to serve others. 
So I want you to ask yourself this question today. There's a couple of questions I want you to ask. Am I serving others? That's the first one. Am I serving others right now in my life? When I see someone in need, do I receive them like Jesus did? Or do I turn around and run in the other direction? But I think another question is, am I even aware of the needs that other people have? Are my eyes open? Are my ears open to what other people need to hear in this moment? And here's the thing. Jesus had compassion on each of us as well. Some of you are here today, you've never heard the story of Jesus. You've never heard of his compassion. You've never heard of his love. But Jesus had compassion on each of us as well. When Jesus came and God the Father sent him to this earth, he lived a pure and perfect life and died on the cross for your sins. He had compassion. He didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. Even though he's the king of literally the entire universe, he is the anointed one. He came to serve you, and he came to serve me, and he came to serve, and he died on the cross so that the sins that you have in your life, so that the problems, the pain that you've caused in other people, the pain that you've caused for yourself, the shame and the guilt, he came so that that wouldn't have victory over you, but he would showcase that he has victory over all of it so that one day if you accept him as your Lord and Savior, because when he rose from the grave, he had victory over all of the bad things, all the, all, all, all the messed up things that we've done in our life. He had victory over all of it so that one day if we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we'll be able to rise from the dead as well. We'll be able to be with him for all of eternity. And so you have an opportunity right now and you have a choice to be able to make where you can accept Jesus into your life if you haven't done so yet. Or maybe maybe some people, they just need to rededicate their lives because they've been straying so far. You haven't been serving other people. You realize that the, the you know, you've been doing some things in your life that you're starting to slide away from God. You go, you're getting off track. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. You have that opportunity right now. And all you need to do is you just need to ask God for forgiveness, surrender your life to him, and ask that Jesus would come and live inside of you. That's it. It's a free gift for us. It was not free for him but it's free for us. And I can promise you that when you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, it is the most fulfilling thing that you can ever have happen. It's not perfect. Your life won't be perfect. It won't be easy necessarily, but I promise you that when you accept Jesus and you're following after him, all the things that you're trying to fill your life with right now, it won't work. Only Jesus will. He will give that he will give you that fulfillment that you need. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I give you praise and I give you thanks for who you are. I thank you God that you allow us to be able to serve other people and that you allow us to be able to serve you as well. And I pray today God that 
after we hear your words and we realize what you have done in the Bible, that we would truly understand to step out into boldness and be serving others to some capacity. You have given each of us and every one of us a purpose so we can go out after we discover that purpose and make a difference and be serving other people. Because when we do that, more people will come to know who your son Jesus Christ is and come to know that love, that joy, and that peace that only he can bring. We thank you, God, so much for what you've done for us. I pray that we would continue to serve you as a church and that your kingdom would continue to grow. Thank you for choosing us. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 Powerful, powerful. Amen. It doesn't stop with us. We continue to go out there and tell the world of what we've seen of his goodness. Amen. Like, just like Jesus, he, he did a duplicating duplicate, duplicate. <laughs> like he did it. Now it's time for us to, to do it to others, show people all the testimony and, and basically disciple, right? Go ye into all the world, make disciples of the nations. And we're duplicating what God has done in us to and, and, and showing people the world what he's done. And raising up those leaders, raising up those people that, you know, that, 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 that will go into all the world, even places that we can't go. So we love to see Pastor Boz. Thank you so much. Can we get some hearts for Pastor Boz bringing the word of God? Honestly, let that go deep. Grab grab hold of what God has for you in that message. There's so, there's so much in it. Grab hold of it. Let it go deep. Amen. And then we put it into practice. We put it into practice. So, guys, it's good to see everybody here today. All the hearts. All the hearts. Love you, Pastor Boz. Thank you so much. Also, you know, if it's your first time here, we like I said before, we, we love to connect with you. We love to, you know, if you if you seen this message and you say, man, I, I want to know more, you can type in estimation more, connect in the chat, and fill that form out with as much, much information as you feel comfortable. You know, we really want everything for you. We we we, we want to do this life together. We don't want this to be a single player game for you to, for you to do the life alone to be alone. We want to end that, and we 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 want to do this life together with you. So fill that form out with as much information as you feel comfortable. Let us know how we can pray for you, how we can serve you. And if you're here today, you call GSC your church. We want to, we, you know, we want to continue to thank you. If you're here for the first time, we're not looking for anything from you at all. We want everything for you. But if you're here today, you call GSC your church. We want to encourage you to continue to give. In Second Corinthians nine, it says, "Remember this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously." Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to be to, to bless abundantly so that in all things and in all times have um, all that you need and he uh, and you will abound in every good work. And guys, we're seeing it here. You got um, your generosity. We want to continue. Thank you for it. Continue to sow into the kingdom of God. Continue to sow here at GSC if you call this your church. And honestly, you're going to see the fruits of that. And you're seeing it. We're seeing it within chat. So many coming in here. Lives are being changed. And today, that's you say, you know what? I want to give to GSC. There's some safe and secure ways you can give. You can type in estimation point, give in chat, and it'll pop up directions there. Or you can go to the panels below and give through our PayPal. Or you can give on our website at GodSquadChurch.com. Or if you reside in the USA, you can text any amount to 84321. And I want to thank you once again for your generosity. All this made possible by your giving. 